message uh, responding like Christ in a crisis. Or let me say this, responding in a crisis like Christ. That's a better way to put it. Amen. Glory to God. Responding to a crisis like Christ. Okay, that's the message this morning because I want to tell you this is the year of favor. But the favor can only come upon you when you respond like Christ. In other words, you're going to have to respond with what he's giving us. If you respond in you, you might miss it. Uh, so, And I'm going to give us illustration of some insurmountable times. In fact, I'm living it in myself because what is just is going on in my life right now is impossible for me to have done without God. So y'all got a living testimony, an example, but not only that, we got a God that's alive and well. He himself gave us an illustration and a demonstration on how to do it. And so I need you to get ready, all of us here and out there, to get ready for what God is trying to do and get an understanding of who you are and whose you are. In other words, when you understand that you're serving the great I am and you are his child, the apple of his eye, that's right, every one of us, and he's looking for your response because, by the way, I got to help you. I clearly heard him. This response I'm talking about is by faith. God will not be moved by your tears. And we've all cried some. But he will be moved by your faith. He's quoting to the word of God. He said, now faith is the substance of things. Substance and evidence of things hoped for. I got to tell you, so all of what he said that is futuristic and is to come will come when you believe what is word. But you have to respond in the now. That's it. So I want everybody to clearly hear what I'm saying. In other words, you can't respond later. You have to respond now. I have to see what God said now. Oh, y'all going to get it in a minute. It, this is good, I'm telling you. So in Matthews, and I'm giving you, a, and in a crisis, so what happens is you could be, like I have, I failed uh, too before. Yes, that's right. In a crisis, instead of looking to God, I started to woe is me, like many of you. And even prayed some prayers that were pitiful. They weren't of faith. Like, where are you now, God? You know that I love you, the great I am, and uh, you know that. You just, it just is, I don't even want to go there. It, I've done it, and you have too. But I want to tell you now, I've, I found out God is moved by our faith for them that believe. Glory to God. He says, I could do exceedingly great, abundantly above all you could even ask or even think. That's in the word of God. And I got to tell you, I'm seeing some stuff that is just impossible for me. But yet God is moving miraculously. Somebody shout hallelujah. So let me take you to the scriptures. We're going to go there. Y'all could read along with us. I bring the, think they'll bring them up on the screen. But I, I have them here. Uh, glory to God. On my technology piece here. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. It says, when Jesus heard it, he departed thence in a ship into a desert place. Somebody say a desert place. You know what a desert place is? A desert place is a kind of a lonely, isolated place. Of all the places, he went to a desert place. How many know most people don't want to go to a desert place? Huh? A desert place is a place that don't much grow. There's not very much things that are supportive. It's usually hot. It's usually dry. There's no water. Uh, there's not much life there. So a desert place, I just want to, I've got to point you, it's a place where people become uncomfortable. Woo, glory to God. He departed. He leaves probably a, a nice town and city to go to a desert place. 
But I want y'all to watch what happens. When y'all see this in the scripture, watch what happens here in the desert place. It said that he departed in a ship to go to a desert place. And when the people heard of it, now I need y'all to understand something. This is a, he, he's going to this desert place because this is right after John the Baptist has been killed. Now, y'all got to know something. That's a tragedy in the kingdom world. When we lose somebody that's doing something great, we immediately think that the enemy has defeated, that there's been a victory, not knowing that God has a plan. <laughs> it's a crisis, and Jesus himself experienced a crisis. He really just wants to get out, get alone, to get into his word, to encourage himself. So he goes to a desert place mm, an isolated place but the bible says well when the people heard it somebody say the people so the word is always about the people well when the people heard it because prior to that he was healing all kinds of sick and doing all kinds of miracles and they saw it and so when they heard that he had departed now he got in a ship and he was going to the other side they knew where the other side was i'm trying to figure that out but they figured it out and the Bible tells us they didn't get in ships. They walked and showed up where he was. Now, it's going to blow your mind out when I tell you the number of people, okay, amen, that showed up. So let's, let's follow the scriptures here. I want to share this with you. So he himself has experienced a crisis, and they followed him on foot out of the city. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion. That's the love of Christ. Let me share with you. God is full of love. And he was moved with compassion towards them. And he started healing their sick again. And so he started healing. They started seeing miracles happening, power of God working. And so when it was evening, his disciples came to him. This is the natural part, the man. This is a desert place. And the time is now past, they said. Send the multitude away that they may go into the village and buy themselves some victuals. You know, in other words, that's some food. Get something to eat. But Jesus says unto them, they need not depart. Give them to eat. Now, here's what I'm going to, I'm going to blow your mind. He says to them, don't send them away. Because they said the people's hungry. Uh, which they probably was, but they, they were more hungry. What they didn't recognize, they, were, they would have left themselves if they were that hungry, but they were more hungry for the signs and wonders and the miracles than they were for food. But instead of leaving, they stayed. And the Bible tells me that Jesus goes to them, to the disciples. Now, here's where I want to share with y'all, because all of y'all just said y'all believe the word of God. Are you willing to do what God has called you to do? Because he says to them, you feed them. Y'all didn't hear me. Uh, y'all did. Y'all see, y'all missed that part in the Bible. Y'all missed what he said. He didn't say he was going to feed them. He told the disciples, you feed them. They looked at him like he was crazy. Because I'm going to show y'all in the Bible, it tells us how many people. It said it was 5,000 men. That means the women weren't, and the children weren't counted which tells me it had to be uh, more than that. I would say more than 10,000 people if it was 5,000 men. Huh? Glory to God. We know it's seven to one women uh, here in the earth now. I don't think it was much different then. Right? But watch this. He tells them, you feed them. In other words, there's some stuff that he's commissioning us to do if we'll trust him. So this is in the midst of a crisis because now it's getting dark. The hour is late. They're in a desert place. Uh, by the way, when I told you a desert place is a lonely place, there's, nothing, there's no food there. Oh, by the way, there is no McDonald's. No, no Kentucky Fried. There, no Five Guys. No place to get a whole, uh, to order up a bunch of stuff and uh, share it. It's not, that's not happening. Oh, uh, y'all, uh, no buffets, no corral, golden corral. <laughs> you know, none of those places existed. It ain't nothing there. Glory to God. But watch what happens. He said, I said, this desert place was a time now past. He sent the multitude away. And he said, he says to them, he says, they need not depart. Give them to eat. And they said unto him, we are here 
we, ha we have here but five loaves and two fishes. Five loaves and two fishes. And I always ask myself why they told us the number. But the number is important. Five loaves, bread, the bread of life, and two fishes. We will become fishers of men. I believe two is the most powerful number in the Bible. But what happens is two and five added together are seven. Seven, chronologically in the Bible, is the number of completion. So seven tells me that it's a place where something is complete. Oh, and I'm trying to see now, five loaves of bread, two fishes. That does not seem to me to be a complete meal in my eyes. But I'm glad he wasn't looking through my lenses. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. So what I do find out, though, is that, listen, he says, he says, uh, to the two fishes, and he said, and he looked up to heaven, and he blessed and break, and he gave the loaves. Listen to what he did. He gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And he, they did eat and were filled. And I'm going to keep on going, and then I'm going to give you the message. And he said they took up the fragments and the remaining fragments, you said, here again, he tells us exactly how many, how many disciples was it? They take up, they, they take five fish of loaves of bread, two fish, seven, and complete a complete meal. And he breaks it, blesses it, gives it, to, and starts to give it out. They start giving what he gave them. And as they start giving him what they gave him, everybody ate. Miracle happens, right? Then he tells them, go back and collect the fragments. Now, normally you just leave what you got on the ground. If you're all full, you don't go collect it back up. You know, who wants to eat after somebody else? Well, at this day and age, that wasn't a big issue. But they, they, it wasn't about eating again. They collect 12 baskets of fragments. What is 12? The number 12 is the number of foundation. It is the foundational piece on which the word of God is built. 12, 12 pillars, 12 tribes. You see that 12 disciples. You see this all throughout the Bible. And so this is, in, this is significant. And I just want to point that out to all of you so you get to see it. Because a number of things are happening here in the scriptures. Amen. So when we see that, we see, he said, and they did eat and were filled and they took up of the fragments, the remaining 12 baskets full. Now, they filled up 12 baskets. He didn't say they was empty <laughs> with fragments. That means pieces from all over the place, right? <laughs> and, and, and it says, and he says, and they had eaten up all about, listen, here y'all go so you can help your, your understanding here, 5,000 men besides the women and children. Is that in the scriptures? Y'all see it right there, right? So there was 5,000 men beside the women and children. I got to tell you, so that number was extra, extraordinary, right? We know that that happened. And then he goes on and he says, and straightway, um, so he fed the, and he said, uh, verse 21, I'm going to end right there. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. And everybody was full. Somebody shout hallelujah. I want to ask you this morning, do, will you respond to a crisis like Christ? And I want to tell you in a year of favor, you need to do that because the response, the difference, the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. All right. But I would ask you the question. What's the difference between the called and the chosen? Thank you for answering the response. It is who responds to the word of God will become the chosen. All of them are called, but only those that respond will receive the blessings of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. My God, that's the greatest thing, and I'm so excited about that because I'm trying to tell you how to walk in the blessings of God. So I'm sharing with you. Somebody's out there listening right now. Somebody's in here in the sanctuary today, and God has called you to do something, and you've been struggling with responding. I'm telling you, be like Nike and just do it.
Glory to God. If you'll just do it, God will do what he said he would do. You don't have to worry about anything. And I'm telling you, I'm living proof. I believe God for what he said, even when it don't look like it. In fact, the enemy is a stage setter. He loves veils. Veils are things that cover stuff. And so here's the problem with most people. Veils are to go through. We stare at them and think it's what it is. But if you'll go through the veil and see what's on the other side, you will find that God has always prepared a place for you. Woo, glory to God. Uh, so, yep, let me, yep, you're struggling with who you are and who God's called you to be. Let me remind you that are listening. That's right. You are not qualified and you are not equipped. But God called you, which means if you will go, he will qualify and equip you with what you need as you go forth to do what he said to do. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, I'm getting excited right now because this is the glory of God. This is, I got to remind all of you, oh, Pastor Bruce, you didn't have what it took. But you believed what he said, and I told you along with what God had said to you, confirmed what he said, and I said, go, do what God has placed on your heart. And my God, look at you now. I'm saying, this is not just him, it's for all of you. I've got some, right now, what God is calling us to is insurmountable and impossible to do with by ourselves. But he's called some people alongside of me to do what they're supposed to do. And he's calling them out of darkness into his marvelous light. And the truth be told, they are not qualified. They do not have what it takes. But God called them, which means if he called you, he will empower you. He will equip you. And then it will become kingdom centric. You've got to get this thing this morning. Oh, I'm excited because I told you I figured it out. I am nothing without God. I am so dependent upon God. I couldn't say a word to you this morning if he wasn't with me. Because I'd have nothing to say. But God has given me so much to tell you about. Even my prayer was, God, let nothing be of me and everything of you. Just use the body because everything you said you would do, you're going to do through people. And I said, God, I hope others would see what you've done with me that you'll do with them. If they'll just take you up and believe you. But when do they have to believe you? Now. <laughs> when you got to get busy now when are you going to do it now so your now has everything to do with your tomorrow so you got to believe when now is everything in place no but when do you do it now is it look like it's do i wait for everything to get lined up no do i do it now move when now everything is based on the now listen so watch Think back to the last time you faced a significant critical need with worldly, with wholly, with whole fully inadequate resources to meet it. I didn't have enough. I'm talking to the church about a surplus, but I got to tell you something. I failed because I cried to God and prayed, God, oh, we've been operating with not enough. And sometimes we're just enough, but it's never been more than enough. And, oh, I need your help. And he's sitting there singing, how in the world do you think you got here? <laughs> you're talking to me now, and you're still alive. But I did not recognize the small blessings that he had done and placed in my life. I kept looking for the big one. But I wasn't giving accolades or any accommodation to even just the basic small ones of what he was doing in my life. The fact that I'm still alive. I just got a call last week and told me that my best friend in high school is in a home. I called him thinking he had just got there yesterday. He's been there for six months. But the word just got to me that he's incapable of taking care of himself. 
He's only two years older than me. And he needs he, to, just to live. He's got to be in a home where somebody else can take care of him. And I start thinking, God, but you saved me. Why? And he said, you know why. You know what you have to do. And you're going to have to go see him. And, his, and I called his mother and hadn't seen her and talked to her in 30 years. And she knew exactly who I was. And I told her who I am and what I'm doing today. And she said, well, maybe your friend will hear what God has done for you and maybe get it in his life because he's been stubborn doing his own thing all these years. And I can't wait to tell, to share the gospel with him and pray over him. My God, and so I always said, when I go back, I got to go back with the word of God. Not with sticking my chest out talking about look at me. Because this ain't about me. This is about my God. Because that's why I am who I am. Only because of who he is. The great I am. Y'all get this? And so I'm talking to y'all about responding to a crisis like Christ. Christ sees a multitude of people who are hungry. But more than that, they were hungry for miracles. They were hungry for a work of God. They were hungry for a change in their life. They wanted to see a leader lead them to something better than just ruling over their lives. Oh, y'all here, we, we live in a world right now that everybody's there. You got to watch the agenda. The, the agenda is, is more about power for themselves than it is for people. I am concluded that every great leader in the Bible was always there for the people. So I can't look any different. I got to be there for the people. Somebody shout hallelujah. We are here. Faith harvest exists because of people. But I ain't the only one that's supposed to be praying. I ain't the only one that's supposed to be ministering. That's why in the last two weeks, you've seen my sons up here speaking. I've come to the conclusion I'm not the only voice that can speak. But I will build them up. I will pour into them. I need to do the same. I come every Sunday to pour into you and to pour into everybody that's listening. But if you want to just sit there like a bump on the log, that's your choice. But I want to encourage you. This word today is the difference between the chosen and the call is the response. So I want to talk to you about responding to a crisis like Christ. In other words, if you want to walk in the year of the year of favor, which this is, in the favor of God, in the midst of trials and tribulations, in the midst of war going on around us, all of this was prophesied. Everything going on around us should not be a surprise. Read it. If you don't know where to go, go to 2 Timothy. Chapter 3, and just read that one chapter, and you'll see everything that's happening right now. Literally. Okay? It's not a surprise. Somebody say, but God. He knew this day, he knew this hour, and he knew we'd be in it. My question is who you're trusting. So watch this. Do you remember those critical needs when you were in, with inadequate resources? Look, Remember that? To accomplish something great. And your assets to achieve them were, were marginal. Was it last year? Was it last month? Was it last week? Was it this morning? When was it? it I'm sure we all faced them. All of us have faced it. Gut-riching dilemmas of being asked to accomplish something extraordinary without the means of doing so. The results is a crisis. And the expectation requirement even demands us to make bricks out of straw. Or without straw, which is impossible. Right? Quote and lament like the children of Israel. And, and listen to this prayer I wrote. You know, this was like, and perhaps our response in our prayer is commendable and they want to sound godly, but how do we how do we pray in such a time? For me, sometimes they've gone like this Dear Lord, you know the size of this great task before us. And how little, remember I told y'all I'd start complaining about how little I had, how little the resources we have to accomplish it. Help us, Lord. We need a miracle. This is your work, and yet you never seem to be enough to get it done. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Listen to what I'm saying to the great God. It never seems to be enough. Are you kidding me? 
I had to smack myself when I, read, when I thought about it. And think, hold it. Even when it wasn't enough, it was enough. Y'all will get that, and I hope before you get home. Okay, if we're still here, okay, and the lights are still on, huh? And uh, uh, let me help all of y'all that thought it needed to be a multitude. No, it is not 2,000, 10,000, or 20,000 people in the audience. Which tells you, Brother Smitty, God will send just enough if that's what you need to build your faith up. But it will be enough to get the job done. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. And so I've concluded in this thing. Listen, I'm going to help y'all because listen, we don't, this pitiful prayer, y'all don't want to be there. Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. I'm, in, I'm reminding him who he is and how great he is, right? No kidding, like he don't know it. But it's okay. And it's okay to remind them. And hear our prayer and meet this need and pour out your blessing. And I want to be blessed by God, but I realize something. I need to pray. But with prayer and with faith, faith is a two-sided, two coins that have two sides. Faith is action and belief. What I believe, you will find me doing. Oh, y'all get that in a minute. So for 22 years, I kept doing what he said. And it might have taken 21 years for it to happen. So as it starts to happen, glory to God, thank you. As it starts to happen, he's opening up doors that I told y'all, I believe. So 21 years ago, I said, I want to be a K through 12 school. 19 years later, I become a K through 12 school. Right? And then I start to see the handwriting on the wall. I see the hand of God. I'm saying, this is a miracle. Right? And then I face a crisis. COVID show up. The governor of our state shuts everything down. The president of our nation shuts everything down. Things closed that I would have never in my life seen closed before. Right? Everybody on standby. National crisis across our country. And I start to think, well, where is God? And sitting on the throne. At the right hand of the Father, where he's always been, and he wasn't moved by the pandemic. And, and I heard his voice, and he told me not to bow down and not to give in. I shared with my staff. They said we met, and they were like, I didn't sign up for this. I said, neither did I. <laughs> I didn't sign up for COVID to come in and shut me down. I said, I just took over two schools. That meant two payrolls. And I said, I got to be honest with y'all. So here go the natural. The natural, I said, I have enough for us to cover two or three, maybe four more payrolls by myself without any, with, with, with what we have put up. I said, and then we're done. We would, we would, we would, we would have to collapse. I said, but. I did not hear that. I need no one speaking any negative words. Listen to what I told the staff. I need everybody to pray. I need you praying that God would move on our behalf. So y'all not hearing me. So I, I don't care. You say, well, they gave PPP loan to everybody. I don't care if he had to give it to everybody to get to me. Then so be it. Now, I filled out my paperwork. I got excited, and I told them to pray. Now, I got to tell y'all something. Nobody in here has the bank, a banker. None of y'all can tell me you ever had a banker call you at 1130 at night. I know you can't tell me that. Well, I got to tell you it happened to me. I got a banker to call me at 1130 at night, but she didn't call me with good news. She called and planted fear in me. 
freeze every available resource. She said, I'm sorry to tell you, although you put in for the PP loan, they're out of money. But the good news is, so you didn't get one for the school, but the good news is they gave your church one. (laughs) All right, that might sound like good news to somebody, but I need to tell y'all, the church payroll was peanuts compared to the school, okay? That was not good news to me, all right? And immediately my heart went down in my feet and I had to speak to my feet the heart doesn't belong there, get back in position. (coughs) And I came out and told my wife that that was the the banker at 11.30 at night and said they've run out of money. But she said they're going, the Congress is now voting right now to put the second one in. Now the second one came in, I got approved. We got approved. Now you remember the church got approved. We never got the money for the church. The money for the school came faster than it did for the church, even though we didn't get it. But I've got to tell you something. In the midst of a crisis, I did not start talking negatively. I went immediately and said, God, you said for us to be here and to stand and trust you. And because of that, God, I do. I don't believe you would have me come here, take all of your resources, dump them in so that we could fall out. I said that to him, and he said, you're right. I didn't. We got that. We, so I want to share with you. We managed through that crisis because God intervened. Oh, I am not giving the government this credit. <laughs> okay. They, he used them to help for a moment. And then I told the team, as soon as the governor releases, we were opening the camp. Now, meanwhile, I never stopped working in COVID. I became an emergency site. So me and five of my employees came in every day in the midst of COVID. I have never had, I've never been off since March 13th of 2020. I've never stopped working. I need y'all to know that. Because I believed God. And I was not going to operate in fear. And in the midst of that, we kept it open. In June 2015, I've got to quickly get through this story because I'm going to give you the message. In June of 2015, the school opened its summer camp. But you couldn't take a trip. You couldn't do water play. You had to stay in cohorts. You keep them in little groups. You had to isolate, separate. We did all of that. The first week, we had 29 kids. The second week, we had 129 kids. Immediate expansion. So I'm watching a miracle and growth occur that I've never seen before. By the time we get to open the school in September, by the way, we said, we coming back to school. We're not doing this Zoom thing. We coming back to school. When we opened our door, every grade from kindergarten to sixth grade doubled. <laughs> I'm experiencing something, and I'm sharing with you, I did not even understand the gravity of what I was doing of responding like Christ. And I found it in the scriptures. And I want to tell you, because many of y'all are facing crisis right now, and I want to tell you, don't cave in, don't fall out, and don't faint. Pray and move by faith and activate what God has called you to do. Be who he's called you to be. Don't talk about it. Do it. So some of y'all know what to say. Don't talk about it no more. Do it. Listen to me. Get like Nike and just do it. Watch. So listen. Let me move on in my message. I'm I'm excited because we're here. Listen. Move ahead and do the work. That's the pattern. Not panic. Pray fervently for a miracle and wait on the Lord. Always consider this approach to be rather rather holy. That is until I was caught up short of it. So I'm going to share with you. It's, it seemed like it's easier to say, but I want to share with you. I realized I did it. And today, the opportunity for us to go into a new building, a new school, in two and a half years, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of trouble, 
trials and tribulation. People can't get employees. How in the world are we doing this? But God. And he said, when it seems insurmountable, when it seems more than you can bear, when it seems which you can't handle, when you'll trust and believe that the Lord is God and that, as we said, the cattle on a hill all belong to him and the glorious, gracious power of the anointing that he has on his life, that he can place the sun and the moon the proper distance to protect you and not harm you. Oh, my God. Then you have to see that the power of our God is great. And you have to know that for them that believe and for them that trust and for them that want what he has, he can give it to them. And so I'm convinced today to tell everybody that's not just here in my presence, all of you that are watching, that in the midst of a crisis, if you'll respond like Christ, you can have what Christ had in terms of the blessings. And because he said, you do it. Y'all got to remember something. He responded. Watch what, watch what happens here. Christ responds. As the evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, the remote place was already getting late. Send the crowd away. And he said, no, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. And they said, we only have five loaves and two fishes. And then he answers, bring it here to me. And as he directed the people to sit down on the grass, he's taking the five loaves and the two fish, and he looks up to heaven. And he gave thanks. And he broke the bread. And then he gave it to the disciples, and the disciples gave it to the people. Oh, y'all not hearing what just happened. He gave it. They went to him. He came back to them. He looked up to heaven. He prayed. He broke it. He gave it. And he told them to do it. Oh, y'all hear me? Did y'all just hear what I just said? So there's some things he's trying to give you and put in your hands, but you got to do it. <laughs> the crisis can't defeat God if you'll do what he said to do. Now, I got to give the disciples credit. There's nowhere where it told them they asked the question. They just start doing what he said. Remember, the difference between the called and the chosen is the response. So they respond to Christ, to the word of God, and start passing it out. Now, hold it. You and I know that if we had a bowl or a plate and we serve in something, and, uh, you know, like if you was a butler or something and you're sharing, that you, you, the more you give it out, the more you would start to see your plate get empty, Right? It's almost like, let me say, to the, the, when we do communion around here, they look like the communion tray starts to get a little empty. But supernaturally, as they were walking and they were believing, as they did what God said to do, he kept filling the plate. And they had to do nothing but believe. Not one person asked the question. They just kept serving until everybody Every need was met. Y'all not hearing me. That's the great, I'm in a crisis. I ask you today, we got crisis all around in our world. My question to you is, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to go with me and believe like I do to feed them? to give them what they need although I myself don't have enough oh and oh let me go a step further in my own ability I am incapable but yet my God can do all things somebody shout hallelujah glory to God what a blessing and so listen he listen and so he, he takes that and he satisfies they all ate did you catch it? Jesus faced an insurmountable need, ridiculous mer uh, merger of resources to meet it. Does what we do? He prayed, he gave thanks, and he waited. What? He gave thanks. That's all. This morning, our prayer, our prayer leader said she couldn't say nothing else. She didn't know no other words, and she knows millions of words. But thank you. 
She didn't even realize what she was saying. And I got it because that's all he said to say. Thank you. It was a humbling, it was an experience that he was being thanked and being trusted. And because he was being thanked and he was being trusted, guess what he had to do? Respond to it. He did it. So you're wondering where the blessing is. The blessing is waiting on you to respond. Oh, glory to God. For many are called, but few are chosen. You have to make a decision. Do you just want to be called or chosen? I've decided I wanted to be chosen. Glory to God. So, by the way, two, I'm called and chosen. Somebody shout hallelujah. So I go a step further, and I want to tell you that's important for you to do because it is now taking the call to the next level and walking with what God said to believe. And I want to share with you, everything God has done, he's already done. He's going to do it through people. He's looking for some leaders, young leaders, old leaders, all kinds of leaders, black leaders, white leaders, green leaders, all kinds of leaders to lead his people. Oh, don't you pick and choose which one. That's not your job. Your job is to lead. F- feed them all. Let him decide what he, which one he want to do something else with. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is our job to feed them all. I'm so excited about the school, uh, and I really am. I got to share with a parent yesterday, and I meant it from the bottom of my heart. I have no idea what the next leader is, and I showed her her two kids, and uh, they're brother and sister, and they look a lot alike, but they're not twins. And I said, look at, tell, hold, both of y'all hold your fingerprint out. I said, let me share with you. Yours doesn't match your brothers, and you, yours doesn't match your sisters. I said, they're totally independent and different. Because God created you with a uniqueness. And there's a place and a plan that he has for your life. That may not be your brother's life or your sister's life. But if you'll do what God called you to do. So I'm, I'm talking to somebody out there. If you'll do what God's called you to do. And be who God's called you to be. You'll be all of what God's called. And you'll be surprised of what he can do through you. Don't look at the size of the crisis. Don't look at the size of what it is so now i'm no longer afraid of numbers or things (laughs) oh pastor bruce i'm i'm getting excited i don't know i i i i thought i I made a statement at first then this must be it (laughs) but i'm not quite sure so i'm not gonna put a limit or period on anything because if he want to have a run-on sentence then so be it Glory to God. Let it continue on. Amen. That's what we should be about. We should be about establishing legacy, movement, not a moment. Amen. So in other words, we got to continue to build. We got to continue to grow. We got to continue to support one another. I want to continue to encourage. My God, Sidel, if we don't never have, and we will, another singer, you keep playing. If all we get is a melody, then that'll be enough. Because I got to tell y'all something. He did it with Abraham. He did it with Moses. What did he tell them? Use what's in your hand. We keep talking about what we don't have. But I got to tell you what I did have was enough to get me here. And I started using what he's got. And when I started using what he gave me, it started producing results that I never even knew or believed could happen. Because he said, use what you have. And I want to encourage you, don't complain no more. Don't talk about what you don't have. Here's the deal. Today, all of you in here and all of you out there have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord. Hey, Number one, uno, Glacius necessary. <laughs> Y'all got it. Okay? So you have that. That's what you start with. Now, for them that believe. So it's now required that your faith activate and be activated to do what God's called you to do. I'm, I'm in serious belief 
that God is doing something great right now. The shift that he's caused us even in our ministry is just so that we continue to reach his people. Okay, don't, don't, get this, don't get this confused that we trying to be bigger and better. All we want to be is who God said to be. That's the, at the end of the day, that's the goal. All right? Watch, I'm almost done. He gave thanks, that's all. Not pleading. Uh, he had Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> That'll help some of y'all, okay? You didn't have to do it a million times. He believed and he started moving. Nope, all Jesus did was give thanks on what he had provided. And he doesn't focus on what he doesn't have or what he was lacking or the size of the gap between the need of the resources. He simply holds up the printer provision and says thanks. And clearly he knew God would provide was enough. Amazing, isn't it? How often do we thank God for what he's provided when it seems inadequate? How often do we stay focused on what he don't have instead of thanking God for what we do have? Oh, Pastor Rob, I always say this. He ministered this. He grew up. Uh, y'all know his story. He talked about growing up in the projects. Now, listen, his aunt lived in the projects, too. Both of them lived in the projects, but he was always worried about what they had. He said, well, what auntie and them, they got something we don't have. And I'm thinking, and he realized, what does that matter? We still, all both of us in the same place. And, and the real goal is get out of here. <laughs> and today, he's able to go back, and I can now talk, tell his testimony, because he just went back to New York to a funeral to one of his friends growing up, and they're looking at him now, his friends, and they, and they was respecting him because they all heard. They all heard what happened to his life. He changed. they finally getting to see him. They may have not seen him in 30 years, but they see he not the same. And he was able to encourage them that life can change. And you could do something different. He said, look at me. Not because of look at me that I'm all that. He said, no, look at what God has done. And I was so proud of him when he told me that. Right? Because that was encouraging. Because if we're going to go back, we can't go back bragging about us. We got to go back bragging about our God. I want y'all to know this morning, I am not talking about me. I'm bragging about my God, my Christ, my Lord, my Savior. I'm bragging about how powerful he is, and he's telling us all if we start to learn. See, Christ came to show us the way. Y'all remember, I'm the way, the truth, and the light? Y'all been taking that too lightly. It's true. So what he did, we should be doing. Are you hearing me? What he did, we should be doing. He gave us examples on how to walk it out. And so that's what I want to share with you this morning. He said, listen, so the second part we find in convincing that Jesus didn't wait. Oh, this is going to help. So those of y'all that have been waiting, Jesus doesn't wait. He doesn't wait uh, for the loaves and the fish to suddenly explode into a mountain of food. No, without hesitation, he took the pitiful portion and he used it. Oh, oh, I'm encouraging you. Don't wait. Use what you got when it doesn't look like enough, but watch how long it runs. Look how far it'll go. I'm telling y'all, I'm living proof this morning of watching what God gave me with a little when I didn't even know how we were going to make it. And yet he said it, I believed it, and all I did was keep going. So where I am today really should not be a surprise, although it is to me because it's shocking just because of how good God is. But I want to encourage you that he can do it for all of us. I want you to get encouraged. I need all of you to do what God's called you to do. It don't matter what you didn't do. I'm going to help somebody here. Let me. Are y'all listening in here and out there today? Stop beating yourself up about what you did not do. I got to ask you the question, will you do it today? If you'll do it today, then now starts a new beginning. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now will make a difference tomorrow. And so you can start right now in believing what God said. You can start right now. Don't wait for it to show up. Don't wait for everything to be in place. No hesitation. 
he gave to the disciples in faith and they began feeding people and when God's provision is uh, is appreciated and put immediately to use miracles happen Jesus focused on what he had and then he was inspired the disciples to act in faith somebody shout hallelujah so the, I want to end with this as a steward leader we are often called to set up in faith and to act boldly when seemingly insufficient resources when we do it let's ask in light of Matthew 14 our prayers should be one of thanks of faith and recognizing God's abundance he gave thanks listen to this he gave thanks do we trust do we do we invest what we have with faith not waiting on a miracle day he gave them to the disciples. Watch every, everything I'm quoting. You'll watch what he did. Did we steward our people to invest God's resources with faith and his provision? And the disciples gave them to the people. This all happened. Are we seeing miracles in our ministry as a result? They all ate. The reason we're not seeing it because the people are not doing it. And I've come to the conclusion to tell y'all today, and I will end here. If you will believe God and work with what you have, watch the miracles happen. Watch what God said come to pass. Watch what you do when you thought it wasn't. Don't, don't, don't cry about it ain't enough. Use what you got in your hand and watch it multiply. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to encourage you to be Christ-like, to respond in a crisis like Christ did. He gave thanks. He used what he had, and he multiplied it, but he allowed the Lord to do it. And everybody that day, 5,000 men, besides the women and children, witnessed what he could do. In the midst of a crisis. Somebody shout hallelujah. What a good God. What a good God. Amen. I want to thank you. Thank all of you for watching. Amen. I know this coming up on the screen. You can text to give for those that are watching. Uh, we need your support. We do. And I need to be on your heart. Because I believe God has placed on the hearts of people to support this ministry to do what it is we do. So that's what I want to share with all of you, you know, as we get ready for our tithes and offering. It is not a plea to beg or to reason. This is what God's called us to do. And so as the ushers coming to bring envelopes, I ask you to do your part. If everybody will do their part, and you need to know, doing your part means giving your tithe. What is a tithe? A tenth part. You know, and I say this, you know, and this is the people not to make you feel guilty, but if you're working for this ministry and this work, there is no way you should even question to, to give or support the tithe because your paycheck comes through this ministry. So you should make sure that you're doing their part because if everybody does, you need to, you are a direct uh, recipient of the blessings of God. And how can you deny him of what he's done for you? But I go beyond that. It's the same for whether you work for this ministry or not. 